Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, David, where do you want to start today? Well, the U.S. economy shrank during the first three months of the year, according to data released by the feds today. Uh, the nation's GDP declined at an annualized rate of 1.4% between January and March. Well, we're creating all these jobs. This yeah. New business. And, and in fairness, I mean, this is we are kind of in un, uncharted territory, economically speaking, because you had a global shutdown a couple of years ago uh, that mm-hmm. there is still a lot of work to do to rebuild that. China's not helping because they keep locking down everybody anytime right. they sneeze while they take their cats out back and beat them to death in a sack. Yeah. I mean, you got that going on. And then you honestly have a White House team that has no idea what it's doing on the economic front that's making things worse. But we've seen great growth. No, no, we haven't, actually. But Joe that's, Biden said, I mean, that, actually, we, we went negative. That's the that's the that's the big thing is that the, the we actually shrank. That's the yeah. opposite of growth. But, yeah, Joe Biden was out there and uh, said, yeah, we've actually seen great growth. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about uh, a recession, but the GDP. What is it, dude? We're not concerned about a recession, but we're always concerned <laughs> about a recession. What is happening? <laughs> Go ahead. You know, fell to 1.4 percent, but here's the deal. Yeah. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates, both for leisure as well as hard products, number one. Number two. Well, it was because it was in the tank before, but who cares about yeah, that? Yeah, Sounds yeah, good, right? The, we are unemployment is the lowest rate since 1970. A record 4.5 million businesses were created last year. See? We're in a situation <laughs> where, the, uh, you know, we have a very different view than uh, Senator Scott of Republicans uh, who want to raise taxes on the middle class families and oh, want to no include half the small business owners. And that we, uh, so I think we're, what you're seeing is enormous growth in the country. Enormous growth. Yes, that's why so many Americans trust Joe with the economy. Yeah. Oh, whoops. No, they don't. You've seen the polling. Well, I like how they're going to lean on this idea that consumer spending increased. You know why consumer spending increased? Why, David? Because we have historic inflation. Yeah. Because when you actually look at the spending on goods, that actually shrank. Right. That actually went backwards. Yeah, but they're spending more money. See? Spending more money on services like health care because they need to. Yeah. That's part of it. I think. It, but, but how about all these jobs? I mean, I know you got a lot of people that can't find workers. But, man, what a great market, huh? Well, he talks about wages, too, being up. You know, wages are up. 
Yeah, and they're wiped out and then some by inflation. Or wasn't it? I think, Scott, you brought this up that a listener had messaged the show Facebook page a couple weeks ago saying that we are right now living through the most painful I told you so moment in history of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And we are. I think that's true. Yes. I mean, the history books will note it. You know, no one not done. The history books will note it. Yes. (laughs) Right. Under the chapter. Not to not. Not to not. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you have that. Okay, I, I guess what else is he going to say? I mean, they lie. I mean, what else are they going to do? We've seen his growth. I'm not that concerned. I mean, you're always concerned. Blah blah blah. I thought pretty much we had all agreed. Even Fauci the other day. Hey, as far as the pandemic, that's over. Well, right. I mean, what? even on the Today Show, yeah. Stephanie Goss. Did you see the open of the Today Show? No, I didn't. Good news when it comes to COVID-19, especially for the millions of parents that have been wanting to get their six-month-old to five-year-old vaccinated. How many It millions? hasn't been available. And I'm like, what? Wh- who? What are you talking about? And so I hang in for the report. There's Stephanie Goss. She's given the update. She actually says this. In some of the adult vaccines, all of this happening as Anthony Fauci has declared more or less the pandemic over here in the United States, that COVID will now be endemic and we're in this kind of closed phase. Okay, got that right? Yeah. You know what it's time for? Well, emergency. Please approve this, FDA, the Moderna vaccine for the little kids, the toddlers and the babies. Savannah, you're right. Moderna has said about a month ago that they were going to go ahead and release the data and apply for the FDA emergency use authorization in April. And so we expect that to happen any day now, possibly any week now. Okay, so emergency use, but it's not a pandemic anymore. And has it been an emergency for six-month-olds to five-year-olds? No. No, it hasn't. Absolutely not. It never has been. Nope. You know what they never mention either when they're covering a story like this? And it's almost, to me, like an infomercial for pharmaceuticals. That's what it sounds like to me. Well. I'll play you a piece that, that proves that point. But it's this mixed message all the time. Oh, this part's over, but this is still an emergency. These parents are so much wanting this vaccine. Yeah. How many countries don't even let teens get the vaccine, let alone eight-year-olds or three-year-olds? Because it's not necessary. Plus, in fact, I realize the risk an- is not I, worth it. I realize this is anecdotal, but I don't know one person who has a child under the age of five that's going, man, I cannot wait to get my kid vaccinated. I don't None. either. None. I don't I know. Personally, I don't know any. But they put it out there like just everybody. Wait. We've been, we tried to be patient waiting for this vaccine for our two-year-old. Golly. So here is their medical expert, Dr. John Torres. But when you look at the data as well, they found out that it was very effective at preventing serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths, and that's what's important. For, for the little ones, has this ever yeah. been an issue? Right. That actually hasn't been much of an issue anyway. And I think there's this mindset that all vaccines are good no matter what. And it, it's not that there's an incredibly high risk of... Uh, of ill effects from the vaccine for little kids. But at the same time, if the disease also presents a minuscule, almost non-existent risk anyway Correct. for little kids, what's the point in taking medicine that 
for something that's not going to make you sick anyway. And we still, honestly, uh, this isn't fear-mongering. You don't know, is there any effect five years from now? Right. You don't know. There are unknowns, and so why would you do it? I, I have exactly. Two, I have two kids under the age of five. Um, I myself have been vaccinated. I'm not rushing at all to get them the COVID vaccine. Well, shame on you. You should listen to him and help pad his his pocketbook, okay? Or at least the pharmaceutical companies. And as far as parents and whether they will be accepting this or not, you know, there's been some concern about their hesitation, but also a lot of parents now, especially that mask mandates have come down, masks are not, are not required on airplanes or public transportation. A lot of people with children in this age group are saying, I'm not going to travel until my child can get vaccinated. So I think a lot more of them are looking for these vaccines. A lot more. You have numbers on that? Do you have any study on that? I'm guessing no. Absolutely not, because most wouldn't get them vaccinated anyway. And the American Academy of Pediatrics just came out with data from last week showing yeah, that the, the actual cases of children have risen over 40 percent because of what's going on right now with this Omicron variant surge. And we do know that that could possibly continue. And so you know, hopefully they do start the uptake. Hopefully we do get this information pretty soon and uh-huh. they do apply for this emergency use authorization. And we do get vaccines for this one age group that is still not protected from the virus as much yeah. as they could be. No. You know, a heart absolute crap. Heart disease kills a lot of people every year, but we're not rushing to give blood pressure medication to five year olds. Nope. I'm just dumbfounded by all this. The 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 narrative that you have to push is people are just dying to get their kids in to have these vaccines. See the kid in the stroller getting the vaccine? That was a good one. By the way, just on this real quick, can we go to Pete Buttigieg, please? On this? Well, on oh. just all of the COVID stuff, because mandating masks on planes makes sense. Yeah. But mandating masks at fancy events, eh, that doesn't really make sense. No. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, Transportation Secretary, was on Fox News speaking with Brett Baer, and he was asked about the disconnect when it comes to masking in this country. Uh, Pete, like the president, uh, is going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. There's no mask mandate there. Uh, And in fact, there was a story in Politico yesterday. I know this is kind of in the weeds, but uh, there were some other air filtration devices that uh, were suggested for that room. And the White House uh, or not the White House, but the Correspondents Association um, actually declined to do that. Oh, they said "Ah, it's not really necessary. We don't eh, whatever. Yeah, we need we we're going to advocate for billions to be spent on replacing. HVAC machines or HVAC systems in public schools, but right. not us. We're the we're the we're the special people. Uh, With and, all the geriatrics going to be there. Yeah. So there's no mask mandate at the correspondence dinner, but the administration is still fighting for a mask mandate on airplanes. <laughs> and here is Pete Buttigieg trying to explain the difference here. Well, I think uh, most of us understand the difference between a hotel ballroom and an airplane. And uh, again, a lot of this is about. Yeah, we understand the difference and you have it completely backwards. So make it make sense, Pete. What authorities the CDC has. So even if they don't think we need it at all, they'd still want to make sure that we get clarity in court on the legalities of it. But look, as a practical matter, and I know this is confusing, if you're getting on an airplane, it's your call. It's up to you. And I think the most important thing right now is that everybody's treated with respect. Those who choose to wear a mask and those who choose not to. Well, it's up to you if the administration loses. 
the well, appeal. Could be either way, right? Because uh, if it expires, then uh, uh, even if the CDC has the authority, they might not want to use it. The legal side is about clarifying the public health law in this country. Empty suit. My cash, man. Okay. Well, you know who got COVID? Maxine Waters. We got we to gotta get to that. Story. Yeah, quadruple vaxxed. Uh-huh. But, but we got to get these these two-year-olds vaccinated. They don't have the protection. And an actor served his wife papers while she was on stage. Oh, Next. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Yep. Sorry, I was laughing there for a second. Um, thinking about Maxine Waters. Um, different times Trump talked about Maxine Waters. Um, do you remember when he called her low IQ and people lost their minds? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was huge. Wow. Maxine, she's a beauty. Yeah. There's Maxine in the news because, well, she has COVID. She's been quadruple vaxxed. Yes. And has COVID. Something interesting about the uh, statement that she made. Today, I have received a positive test result for COVID. I am currently isolating and have no symptoms. That's good. I am following all protocols as recommended by the Office of the Attending Physician and CDC Guidance. Next sentence is the same sentence it seems every Democrat in politics has used since getting COVID and being vaccinated. And it reads like this. Tucker highlighted this the other night. It's uh-huh. like everyone. I am grateful to be fully vaccinated and to have received two booster shots. Thankfully, I am feeling fine and recommend everyone to get vaccinated if you have not done so already. Yeah, it's required. Mm-hmm. You got to put that in there. It's in the rule book, apparently. Because no, they don't want anyone to say, hey, I thought the vaccine was supposed to work. That's why you call it a vaccine. Right. Except it doesn't stop you from getting it or spreading it. It's a shot. Just call it the COVID shot. It's not a flu vaccine. It's the flu shot. No, the flu shot is a vaccine. Well, I got the flu after I got it. But, But it is literally the flu vaccine. Okay. Under what is known as a vaccine. What does a vaccine do? I thought it was to prevent you from getting the disease. Yes. That's the way people understand it. Yes. So they felt like they were sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop you from getting it. No. That's the problem. They just still tout it out there. I was thinking, too, with Maxine Waters. You know, you think about when we have to have this national conversation about race. Maxine's name rarely gets brought up but to this day if you happen to be a black male especially a younger one that voted for donald trump because you thought you know what he's actually done quite a bit for the black community and i want to open my own business and i want to take advantage of some of the policies he's put in place maxine is done with you done because she will never forgive you ever well that's what she said 
Listen. And for those black young men who think somehow they can align themselves with Trump, Trump, not only are they terribly mistaken, any of them showing their face, I will never, ever forgive them. Mm-hmm. Remember when she said, and by the way, you should get in the face of these Republicans. Oh, yeah. You see them out in public, you get in their face. But again, we're supposed to all get along, right, and respect each other's opinions. Except when it's Maxine, she never gets called out on that, apparently. No, she's she's one of the most famous insurrectionists of all time. Yes. There's another beauty before we move on from Maxine. Do you remember the whole Jesse Smollett thing, right? When the charges were dropped by, who was that? What's her name? Kim Fox in Chicago? Yeah. All charges dropped. The guy tried to start a race war, basically, make a name for himself as a victim. But they dropped the charges. And people are like, how is that possible? Maxine thought that was great, that that was the right move. Do you remember this? I, I don't remember her this. weighing in on it, no. Oh. This is the correct thing that the charges were dropped. Uh, first of all, we probably will never know all of the details. We've heard a lot of information. We already do know all the details. We knew them then. We've heard a lot of information. Uh, no one was hurt. That is physically killed, shot. He had never committed a crime before. Okay, so as long as no one gets killed or shot and you've never committed a crime before, break the law. Okay, yeah. no problem. You get one free one. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Thank you, Maxine. Good to know that. Yeah, we could go on for it. Trump should face murder charges. It goes on and on and on with her. Okay, let's get to uh, this actor that served his wife with custody papers while she was on stage. Yeah, the actress and director Olivia Wilde was served legal documents from her ex-fiance, Jason Sudeikis, while she was on stage at a film conve- uh, convention, CinemaCon. She's in front of 3,000 people. Someone walks up to the stage, hands her this manila envelope. She's like... Uh, is this for me? And then opens it up, looks at it. It was uh, child custody paperwork. Now, Sadek is apparently, or one of his representatives is saying, well, he didn't know that she was going to be served in such a public fashion. Right. But it did. Come on. It's exactly what they got two kids together. They were together for like almost 10 years. Right. And then they broke it off a couple years ago. Well, he knew where she was. Yep. Wasn't him. It was Ted Lasso. Okay, every day, Ukrainians pay for their price for the price they pay with their lives. What? Wise words from Biden. Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. They want to do what in Kenosha, Wisconsin? Did you just see this? Yeah, I just saw this. So the uh, Kenosha Parks Commission in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, tabled a proposal that would have placed a memorial tree and a plaque in a city park to honor one of the men that Kyle Rittenhouse killed. Okay, if I remember right, both were not good people. 
No, th- this was not not the diddler. I don't think it was Anthony Huber, the dude with the uh, skateboard. Okay, yeah, clocked. It was Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. yeah, got it. Uh, one of the guys that Kyle Rittenhouse shot in self defense. Now, the, yeah, because he kind of fake moved like I'm going to back away, but then yeah, he started to point the piece at Rittenhouse. No, that was a different guy who got shot in the arm. Oh, that's right. I'm trying to think now. Skateboard guy. Skateboard. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to play it back in my head. Yeah, swung at him, uh, and then Rittenhouse shot and killed him, shot him in the chest. Oh, it was after he clocked him with the skateboard. So Huber's girlfriend uh, wanted that and actually put in the request to the Parks Commission, hey, we need to put up a memorial. And so the meeting got a little bit heated. They're like, okay, hold on, we're going to table this for now. We're going to try to just kind of kick this down the road so it – so we can move on as a community. Right. I've seen an interview with the grieving girlfriend before, and her take, sort of like what this guy would have seen, is just this guy um, that shot someone, and he was trying to get away. And so her boyfriend was trying to protect the public by bringing this guy down, meaning Rittenhouse, to justice. That was her take. It's not mine. So she's continuing forward and then wants the tribute. Is there a nice way if you're the parks department or the city to say, yeah, we're not doing that? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think, I think the goal was to just sort of table it and let it, let it sort of go right. away. Um, but the idea it, that this is even being proposed. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, easy. The, the notion, right? It's easy when you're away from the situation and you're not in this small community mm-hmm. that's just trying to, you know, grapple with what happened, the rioting, all of that, right. and trying to move on. But, yeah, I mean, there is a piece of me that would just love to see somebody say, no, we're not doing this. You're ridiculous. Uh, it's clear that Kyle Rittenhouse shot him in self-defense. Right. I'm sorry for your loss, but your boyfriend should not have been there that night. Your boyfriend was attacking somebody, and he the died other, because of it. The other part is, why? Um are you actually asking this to be on city property? You want to do your own memorial in your own home? Go right for it, sure. Why does it have to be a part of the city? It, then it gets into this political fight and a political statement. You know? Yeah. And again, you're you're trying to be, you know, a decent person. But in the end, what's the answer? No, we're not doing it. No. Beat it. Go. Next. All right. Let's just get to the disinformation governance board. What is this? Yeah, the, I know we touched on it yesterday. This is so. The, it, it, <laughs> 1984, man, it's come to life. Yep. The Department of Homeland Security has set up its own Ministry of Truth. This is Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas talking about their efforts to secure the elections. How about you do your job? Okay, keep people from coming in illegally. Uh, We have just established a mis- and disinformation governance board in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively um, combat uh, this threat, not only to election security, uh, but to our homeland security. We are disseminating information. uh You earlier said you did a great job with securing the border so far. And you're going to say we're going to have a committee on disinformation? You're first in line. 
You're full of crap, dude. Uh, to the secretaries of state, we are counseling them and providing resources to ensure. Uh, You're counseling someone? The Dorcas? Yes. yes. But I, Who was it? Which Republican was it said, you need to resign now? We actually said that on the show before that guy even said that. Yeah, there are a few of them. Uh, Come on, man. <laughs> uh, better physical security. We are uh, addressing all aspects of election security, um, given, of course, the midterm elections that are upon us and the fundamental uh, integrity of our democratic processes that is at stake. You know, I would just like to... And we just hired Will Smith on how to control one's anger. Yeah. He's going to be a counselor. I I, I would like to just interject with this point. I thought 2020 was the most secure election ever. What do you have to... What do you have to change? Gosh, man. Are you just picking out Mayorkas... Stories to trigger me. Is a that little what's bit. going on here? Yeah. All I'm saying well, they, is obvious that's stuff. incredible, though. I do. I, I admit it. I get worked up over it. It's unbelievable that it guy's is. got a job. Department of Homeland Security. You're the head of it. Looking at what's going on in the country. Well, didn't they appoint a disinformation czar, too? Yeah, there's somebody who's leading it who also, funny enough, was one of the top mouthpieces saying that uh, that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. You can't make it up. Yeah, these are the biggest disinformation peddlers out there. All right, let's move on to the president. Um, here is another one, maybe for the greatest hits compilation. Yeah, well, the U.S. economy shrank in the first quarter of the year, but Biden wants to spend more money that we don't have on Ukraine. $33 billion is what he's requesting. And here he is describing his new spending request. And you know he has a way with words. Maybe Always. he'll convince you this way. Okay. Just thinking about our border, lack of security, open borders. We need to fix the problem. Uh, but he's going to convince us the money should go elsewhere. Yeah. All right. Every day, every day the Ukrainians pay for the price, with, and the price they pay is with their lives for this fight. So we need to contribute arms, funding, ammunition, and the economic support to make their courage and sacrifice have purpose so they can continue this fight and do what they're doing. Hmm. Okay. Every day, every day the Ukrainians pay for the price, with, and the price they pay is with their lives for this fight. Can you write that into a song? Like with a big hook? <laughs> every day, every day the Ukrainians pay for the price for the price they pay with their lives? They pay? They pay, yeah, something like that. I, I know this is probably untoward, but we keep writing checks in the billions for Ukraine, and right now, the dollar is worth less than it was before the invasion of Ukraine, and the ruble is worth more than it was before the invasion of Ukraine. Maybe we need to cool it on sending checks. I listen. I, I, I think the Ukrainians should put up a fight defend your homeland, all of that. But I think it's time to stop. I think we've we've put in enough. The thing is, we keep going farther into debt. We have our own problems that won't be addressed. That's the thing. I think most Americans, you saw the polling, what was it, 75% are all for arming the Ukrainians for their fight. At the same time, we don't pay attention to the problems we have here. 
the American people are paying for it in a number of different ways with not only people here illegally, inflation, and this whole thing that was sold, hey, it's going to cost us, but it's going to be worth it. Well, how long is it going to cost us? And how much is it going to cost us? And, you know, when you talk to just regular people, I think everybody's hearts go out for the people in Ukraine. As far as the government, you don't quite know. You know, it's been corrupt for a long time. You don't know the real story of anything. And it just makes you suspect. I don't think it's wrong to question these things. Now, I'm sure if it's somebody on the left, you're heartless, you don't care about people. You're a Putin stooge. That's the way it usually is. Yeah, goes. that's fine. I don't believe you. You know, yeah, know. if you, you call me that all you want, but $33 billion is a lot of money on top of what we've already spent on Ukraine. Agreed. Well, it's we talk, you and I say this, I think, at least once a week. We don't have any money. Nope. We're broke. We don't have any money. There's no money left. They don't care. They don't care. There isn't any money. Don't know if you saw this story. Saw it at Daily Wire. Sage Steele from ESPN. Remember when she was talking about the vaccine mandate? She was on the podcast with Jay Cutler, former bear. And she had said, um, well, she thought it was sick. I didn't want to do it as far as getting a vaccine. But I work for a company that mandates it. And... I had until September 30th to get it done or I'm out. Said, I respect everyone's decision. I really do. But a mandate is sick. And it's scary to me in many ways. But I have a job, a job I love. And frankly, it's a job I need. But again, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised it got to this point, especially with Disney, a global company. But it was actually emotional. And that was, well, controversial. Mm -hmm. Not only that, she also question why Barack Obama identified as black. If you remember that part of the interview. I do. Considering, and this is her words, considering his black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. Oh, buddy. People came after her for that. Well, you know, saying, hey, she she made inappropriate comments. The Wall Street Journal has now reported she is accusing ESPN of pulling her from prime assignments, allowing coworkers to bully her, and applying selective enforcement of rules barring employees from speaking out on political issues. So the lawsuit is on. This will be interesting to see how this goes. Well, we'll see what the Ministry of Truth has to say. Of course. Mm-hmm. All a part of Disney. Because they make these rules all over the place, ABC, ESPN. You think about that, David, when ABC was spiking stories back in the day, especially the Jeffrey Epstein story. Oh, yeah, where you actually had one of their reporters saying, I had the goods, I had everything, I had things that were uh, tying Epstein to Bill Clinton and the royal family, Prince Andrew, and the network shut it down. In her words, I know she tried to walk it back a little bit because they were threatening to fire her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was because ABC was worried that if they ran the story, they would lose access to cover the royal freaking wedding. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm just wondering how high does it go? How high up does it go, these decisions? Because ABC is a company of Disney, and where does all of that end? Anyway, um, survey on a lighter note, um, 65% of people think it's cool to bring the family along on a work trip 
or it might be a significant other, spouse, whatever. Um, some people are confused by that because they think of it as, isn't this a way to get away from the person? Well, not everybody's in a miserable situation. No, that's true. That this would be a good thing. And again, it kind of depends on where you're going on a work trip. If it's somewhere cool, you know, and it's advantageous. Well, it also depends on how much work versus how much leisure. Because if you're working from, a, you know, a 9 to 6 o'clock type situation, you come back and everybody wants to go out and you've been working all day. Yeah. What time are you getting back? What are you saying, that you're ready to be done for the day? Maybe I am. Maybe I just want to order room service. What happened to the good old days when it'd be like, come on, bro, we ride tonight? Well, because I was boozing. Oh, that's what it is. Well, when you're so boozing, you I can't... mean, you know, you don't care. Sleep be damned. Let's drink. <laughs> but now there's no fun to be had. No, no fun zone. Room. We're watching Netflix. We've got to get to the Harvard story. They deplatformed a feminist. What? Why? Get to that next. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, tell me if you've ever heard this before. Eventually, the left eats itself. Oh, yeah. Always. Yes. Yeah. Right? Been talking about this for a while. Jay Maxson wrote this piece um, about Harvard deplatforming a feminist. What? Why? Well, you might guess because the feminist is opposed to males and women's sports. They're going to go speak at Harvard, but it wasn't even on that topic. So Jay writes, the list of who's politically correct enough to speak at Harvard is certainly shrinking. Dr. Devin Buckley, a board member of the far-left feminist organization Women's Liberation Front, Wolf, (laughs) doesn't even qualify to give a guest lecture at Harvard. She was deplatformed because she and the Women's Liberation Front believe in the integrity of women's sports. She was actually planning to deliver, (laughs) which Jay writes, a real intellectual yawner, a talk on British romanticism. So the English department coordinator, Aaron Saladin, said no. On a difficult note, I just looked up Dr. Devin Buckley so I could list the right title and affiliation on the application for them to come to Harvard. right? Right. And I noticed that she's on the board of a trans-exclusionary, radical feminist organization. I also found at least one piece of her writing online that explicitly denies the possibility of trans identity. I can't ask for funding to invite a speaker who takes the public stance that trans people are dangerous or deceptive. Gone! Who, who said anything about trans people being dangerous? Uh, nobody. Well, that that really is the activist class for the trans movement really is the most politically powerful, marginalized group in the history of the world. You're absolutely right about that. I've heard people with that take. Expand on that, if you will. Well, they say, like, marginalized community, and it's like, really? Because 
for less than 1% of the population, boy, they seem to be able to dictate a lot of things. They sure do. Like allowing a man to compete against women in a major NCAA event. Yes. If they're marginalized, then we never hear the name Leah Thomas. Dude, and think of it. If you say, listen, hey, I just don't believe it. Um, That's a man. Okay. That's hate speech. Hate speech. What? What is hate speech then? I mean, facts? That's what it's become. Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) Real quick, I'm sorry I was laughing. This is a story I just saw earlier. You know, different countries gave out COVID relief money. There was a town in Japan that did that, sent everybody relief money. But there was a mistake. It all went to one person. (laughs) Well, they needed it, I'm sure. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you as always for being here. Who said no one is predicting a recession? Uh, Joe Biden. So we we got the economic data for the first uh, quarter of the year, and it looks like we our our economy shrank. It's not good economic news, although the official statement from the White House today said something like, uh, well, due to some technical issues, yeah, that number is there, but it's a little misleading. Now, this is coming off the heels of now Deutsche Bank saying, uh, yeah, we're we're actually now forecasting a recession, and it's going to be pretty bad, and hopefully it'll clear up by the middle of 2024. Uh, others are saying, hey, based on this report that we got from the first quarter of this year, uh, we we kind of already are in a recession. We just haven't had the official, like, go-ahead, which would be two quarters of a shrinking economy. Okay, so anyone that keeps a monthly budget and understands what they're paying for everything. And there's certainly more money going out than there has been before. Well, technically, yeah, there's more money going out, but it's all good. See, because there's more jobs. They always say some BS. You're like, wait a second. I understand what's happening with my own personal budget. I see what's going on. But Biden is saying, well, no no one's predicting a recession. That's what he said. Okay. Now, we're, you always have to be uh, take a look, and no, no one is predicting a recession now. They're predicting, they're, some are predicting there may be a recession in 2023. What um, is it, dude? I'm concerned about it, but I know one thing, that, uh, you know, if our Republican friends are really interested in doing something about dealing with uh, the economic growth, and they should help us continue to lower the deficit, which we've done last year over $350 billion. They should be willing. Okay. Who writes this stuff? He has to have a writer, correct? Well, I mean, this is responding to a question. This is off the off the cuff. Oh, wow. They should be willing to work with us to have a tax code that is actually one that uh, um, works and everybody pays their fair share. 
and they should be uh, in, a, in a position where uh, uh, you shouldn't be raising taxes on middle-class folks. You should be raising taxes on people who everyone acknowledges and the vast majority of Republicans aren't paying their fair share. I guess they just keep regurgitating this BS, and then the networks carry it, and some people believe it, I guess. Just keep dialing up that gaslighting, economic gaslighting that goes on all the time with this oh guy. Gosh, man. It oh. never stops. I also like that that idea that the only way to dig yourself out of a recession is to make sure the government gets more money. Yes. Right. Like that. No, that's not how that works. Something else just dawned on me because Biden has said many times, hey, no one said that. No one's saying that. No one said that. Who said that? Right. Nobody. No one saw this coming in Afghanistan. No one saw Kabul falling like that. No, all the leaders said, dude, this is a mess. This is not going to be good. You know, how many times has that dude said that? Not one single person with private insurance (laughs) would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. (laughs) God. No one, no one says that. No one, nobody. Nobody I know who's running for office talks about defunding the police. They, yes, they do. They did, yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> it's a joke, man. All right, I know we got to move on. Let's get to, uh, have you experienced failure? The question to Alejandro Mayorkas. Dude, this was, okay, look, I, I generally despise Stupid little speeches during congressional testimony. Okay, I do. I think we all do. But, okay, I'm making an exception for this one. Mainly because of the way that this particular lawmaker talks and the way that he delivers it. Seems like a monologue out of a Quentin Tarantino movie as he's talking to Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, about... His failures at the border. This is Rep- uh, Republican Representative Clay Higgins saying, hey, right. can you just admit you failed at the border? OK, I'm down with that. Roll it. Clay Higgins. Have you experienced failures in your life, sir, significant enough that you as a man over your six decades of life, you have a compass can help you measure failure. You know what it is as a man. I certainly do. No shame there. I'm asking you. It's an honest question. Congressman, um, I'm 62 years old. Um, Anyone who's lived for 62 years has confronted... Has experienced failure. ...different types of challenges, successes, and failures. Yes, sir. And there's no shame in that. That's part of our journey in life. Okay, I'm with you, man. I'm down with this so far. I feel feel like I know what's coming. Because we got maybe 30 seconds left. Yep. Okay. We're all set up here. Brett, do you read the Bible? (laughs) It's like from Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yes, except he sounds like a Harvey Keitel. (laughs) Kind of does, yeah. Okay, I'm all set up. And it's still Mayorkas. I think anyone has had success in whatever Mayorkas. So if you would identify our border as effectively managed right now, how would you identify failure <laughs> if it's not what you've delivered thus far? By God, man, 
I have 20 seconds, sir. Please respond. Congressman, I couldn't disagree with you more when you state that, when you state that our nation's sovereignty is disintegrating. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> yes, then really, you don't understand failure. You don't understand facts. I love that guy's voice, by the way. I, what is it about that? That plain-spoken sort of... A little bit of a draw? Just a hint, yeah. A hint of gangsterish. Yes, there's delivery. that. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not what you've delivered thus far, by God, man, <laughs> I have 20 seconds. It's <laughs> great. I want to vote for that guy. I can't I'm, vote I'm just, for him, but I want to. He's just like, Secretary, have you ever... <laughs> did you ever play peewee football? <laughs> did you ever lose a game? Yes. And think it was on you? Yes. Maybe you played on the offensive line, and you let the defense through every time to the quarterback. That's what you're doing at the southern border right now. You should resign, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, one other thing, political note. Did you see Biden saying to the GOP, stop making teachers the target of the culture wars? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, man. This was hard to take. Really something. Because yesterday they had a thing at the White House highlighting teachers, you know, talking about how it's one of the hardest jobs that, you know, you would ever have. All this nonsense. I have the audio if you want to suffer through more. Oh, Biden, sure. Can... Yeah, let's hear it. Well, let's let's go ahead and just get to the part where he, he can't believe that the GOP is trying to ban some books. <laughs> you remember all the CRT stuff oh, that yeah. they just put yeah. into math? They put into every subject. They're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Right. Come on, man. Teaching is one of the hardest jobs in this country to be able to do it well. And one of the most important. Today, there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books, even math books. I mean, did you ever think, even your younger teachers, did you ever think when you'd be teaching, you'd be worrying about book burnings and banning books? We had no idea they would be teaching kids to hate themselves through a math book. But once we were alerted to it, yeah, you should get it out of there. All because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda. American teachers have dedicated their lives to teaching our children and lifting them up. We've got to stop making the target of the culture wars. That's where this is going. Okay, a lot of these teachers are foot soldiers in the culture war. And you can't get mad at parents for fighting back. And then you can't get mad at a political party that says, hey... We're going to take advantage of the fact that a lot of parents are pissed off. Yes. Well, and as we know, a lot of those teachers outed themselves on TikTok. And then yeah. it was libs of TikTok that put it out on Twitter to where everyone else could see it and go, is that really a teacher? Well, they have no problem also demanding Amazon take Matt Walsh's book off. Oh, of course. You know, they have no problem banning books they don't like. Well, and, you know, you got these teachers saying, yeah, I mean, kindergarten through third grade, they're ready for a trans agenda. They're very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics. Why you got to make it a part of the culture war? You evil Republicans talking about these teachers. They're great heroes. And again, I just want to say for the record, because I get 
I get stuff on social media about this, and there's some teachers like, hey, don't broad brush us. We're here fighting like you guys are fighting. We don't mean to broad brush it. We're not, we're not, that's not what we're doing. Never said all teachers. No, we, uh, we exclude you. Well, dude, there was the one teacher talking about minor attracted persons. Yeah, I remember. Oh, that guy. Instead of pedophiles. Yeah. That's a teacher, dude. So much for that question. Um, I use the term minor attracted person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Um, and MAP no. advocacy groups like Before You Act. You're a pedophile. Not exactly James Earl Jones. <laughs> Why are you trying to make it all about teachers? It's a hard job. Um, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person uh. suggests that it's okay to be attracted to children. Uh, but using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to uh, doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction. <laughs> well, of course it does. Who wants that person around their kid? Why you got to be like that, says the president. Okay, enough of that. Okay, just curious real quick. Uh, would you ever want cereal to be doused with orange juice instead of milk? No. Mm, no. Tropicana has made the first cereal to go along with. You don't even know what's in it yet. Mm. Do you even want me to bring that up later? Don't have to. It's up to you. Keep your open mind, man. Afghanistan is peaceful too. according to who? We'll get to that story next. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I think I understand the show today. Van Camp is bringing story after story that's programmed to either trigger Robbins or me. Or both. Yeah. That's the feeling I get. Is, is that just like luck of the draw today or is this planned, David? Well, y'all, y'all seemed a little bit low energy yesterday, so I wanted to get some go juice going. Low energy? People were telling me to relax. Well, you were, you were a bit unhinged yesterday. It's all the Mayorka stuff. Now we got Blinken. Yeah, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was asked about the state of play in Afghanistan, especially for women. Now, we did just see a new report saying that, yeah, that's the worst place in the world for women right now. Yes. Reclaiming the I mean, that's our spot. government saying it. Yeah. Unbelievable. And now he is saying What? Uh, there's a silver lining to all of this. That's what he said. Roll it. Uh, the state of play is uh, ex- extremely mixed uh, to uh, to negative. And, What's the and, upside so for women? The only upside that we've seen at all is that, uh, somewhat uh, ironically, you might uh, say there is there is in the country at large greater stability and and relative peace than there's been. <laughs> See, the Taliban has taken over, see? And no one dares say anything. Gosh, dang it. Or they get their heads chopped off. But here, here's the silver lining, see? There's less violence. 
These women's know their place now in Afghanistan. Yeah. All right. So they, they have, I, g- 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 he can barely get it out, man. He's so full of crap. All is that uh, uh, somewhat uh, uh, ironically, you might uh, say there is there is <laughs> in the country at large. Nobody gets fired in this administration for doing a terrible mm. job. My gosh. Remember, they were trying to take out the dude from ISIS-K. And then they're like, oh, no, did we did we get the wrong person? Oh, they with the drone strike. Yeah, they killed an aid worker and a bunch of kids. Kids. Yes. I remember Rand Paul out of his mind about that. Do you remember this part? If they behave, you're going to give them the money. <laughs> Why don't we subtract the 80 billion from the 10 billion you're going to give them? Then they're minus 70 still. <laughs> because it was if you behave well, we'll give you more money. So I guess now, because it's relatively peaceful, women have no rights. As far as open doors, I mean, as far as Christian persecution, they're number one on the list now and killing people all over the place. Uh, but it seems like you're behaving. We want to give you more money. And then that whole part about you don't know who you killed with the drone strike. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS case. <laughs> Just failure after failure after failure with all these people. The duffel bag of failures has bursted at the seams. Yeah, nobody loses their job. No, heck no, nobody. man. Job security. If you're looking for it. Maybe Joe thinks they're so terrible they make him look better. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. You never you surround yourself with people who are worse than you are. I guess, man. I suppose. All right. We'll get to other things. Um, I mentioned this on a lighter note because I don't think uh, it's completely away from news. And I think you'll be dumbfounded by this. Did you know today is National Superhero Day? I did, actually. You did? Yeah, it was, all, it was on social media this morning. Oh, did you see then when they pulled people? On Ranker, who ranked in the top ten for the superheroes? No, I didn't see this. Okay, I think this part would be pretty easy to name, like, who was in the top ten. Superman, Batman. So, wait a second. I thought this part would be easy to name the top two. Okay. I, I really did. And you said who, Scott? Superman and Batman. Uh, David? Neither one. Uh, Spider-Man. And who's the other? Um, yeah, one of, one of Scott's Man. was right. One of Scott's was right. Oh, okay. Uh, Spider-Man and Batman. Yes. There you go. Ding. How can Superman not Superman's not in the top ten. Oh, that's come the on, man. He's like the original superhero. He's got no juice anymore. That's just the way man. it is. Man. Surprising. This is the Markley Vane Camp and Robin show. You'll, you won't guess who third is iron man iron man's fourth mm. wolverine wolverine <laughs> <laughs> i knew i i was surprised too deadpool was fifth thor at six followed by captain america the hulk then you got the flash and wonder woman at 10 superman 11th black panther at 13th White males, we have a problem. Gosh, you read my mind. You read my mind. 
Yeah. Oversampling of white middle-aged men. Okay, how long before that take comes out on social oh, media? It, well, is it already there? It's starting to be teed up already. Yeah, it probably is. Okay. The education secretary says no one wants a culture war in schools. Next. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial, David Van Camp. Unlike a lot of millennials, he's told. And there's the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. He got kicked out of the millennial club. Might have. He's no longer welcome. I'm so glad to hear that the education secretary has confirmed that no one wants a culture war in schools. Yeah, that, well, so that probably means they're going to back off all their BS. Oh, no, it's full oh. steam ahead. Oh. Uh,. Education Secretary Miguel Cordona is testifying on Capitol Hill, and he's mad that Republicans are actually getting involved in public education again with anti-grooming bills in Florida, reviews of curriculum in Texas and elsewhere. Uh, He says, well, you know, parents don't actually want that. Here we go. What I haven't heard is an appetite from parents for sowing division in our schools or using our schools for culture wars or telling students what they can or can't read or can't learn. No. These people. What? <laughs> Just. I'll Maybe go. the parents don't tell you that because they know what side you're on. I'll, le- I'll let it finish. Go ahead. Or telling teachers what they can't teach. Yeah, that's right. Or telling any person what they can or can't be. I know there are some that would rather distract and divide and spread misinformation to undermine our public schools and gain attention. But that's not what the parents that I've spoken to told me they want. Whatever, groomer. Yeah. What parents have you spoken to? Yeah, did, did you not see what happened in Virginia last yeah. fall? Yes. Yeah, parents Parents are tired of this. Here's the deal. Dude, we could say no one wants a culture war in school. You would be right about that. What you want is to indoctrinate kids with different things that parents don't want taught to their kids because it's toxic to teach critical race theory or some trans agenda trying to, you know, in some cases, well, there's a lawsuit in Massachusetts right now about a school actively trying to get kids to transition from one sex to the other. No one wants that. But if you keep going down that road, there is going to be a war. You call it a culture war, call it whatever you want. Parents are not going to put up with it. In many cases, they didn't know it was going on, and now they do. If you remember, when this moron went and got questioned before he was confirmed, the whole issue with trans athletes came up. He wouldn't answer the question. Wouldn't answer it. Mealy mouth. Yes. Well, yet we talk to everybody, and, and it's a very difficult uh, situation. No, it's not. It's really not. If you're a biological male, you can't compete against females. Period. The end. It's not hard. Unless you're on the other side of it. And if you are, then you're against the majority of the public. 
So I'm sure you don't want a culture war in school. But you won't give up on your agenda. So you you got one, dude. Well, quit throwing the hand grenade under the building all the time. You guys do this stuff, and then you're like, well, we don't want what we started. You started it. <laughs> I know. You did it. This is this is what you're trying to do. So sorry, man. Uh, David, you have a story out of Chicago. Uh, this seems heartbreaking, to say the least. It is. It's a tough story, but, you know, I think when we're talking about education, and this is a private school, but... I think it's important, um, especially in the era of parents pushing for more transparency of what's going on with yeah. their kids in school. A uh, 15-year-old boy in Chicago took his own life in January. Mm. Uh, he was bullied in school, and it started with a rumor that he didn't have the COVID vaccine. That's what it started with. So His parents are now suing the school. Now, apparently, he was vaccinated, but that's that's a new avenue of bullying right now that saying saying that somebody is unvaccinated they're dirty now where would anyone have ever gotten that idea i don't know the president of the united states most of mainstream media yeah you know the, uh, those things calling you know an, or people who have not been vaccinated dirty and less than human and not worthy of participating in society well and some jerks in school took advantage of that Fifteen-year-old male. Yep. You have a lot of good reasons to not get vaccinated. Um, Nate Bronstein was his name. He was a student at the Latin School of Chicago. His parents say that he was targeted in person and online. The school didn't do anything to stop it. They also didn't tell the parents how bad it was, they say. The kid actually spoke to one of the administrators about what was going on. The parents didn't find out about that conversation until after he'd already take his, had taken his own life Gosh, in January. Man. Uh, his parents, uh, Rosaline and Robert Bronstein, spoke with CBS Chicago. It had been kept from us, so that's why we were completely, completely taken off guard when this happened. Our son would still be alive today <laughs> if Latin would have done their job. We would have known and we would have protected him. He'd still be here today. Look, our son was 15, and and... His perception of what he can or can't handle isn't necessarily accurate. But that's why the policies exist, and that's why now the law exists to involve parents. The school has to err on the side of a lot of transparency. The anger just burns in you. Listen to that. And, And you know when you hear constantly about efforts to increase transparency in curriculum, in public education, whether that's in Texas, whether that's in Florida, whether that's anywhere in the United States, the left is always positioning that as you want to out gay kids to parents who will beat them, (laughs) which is a complete freaking lie. Of course it is. And then what do they always do as well? They say they're going to kill themselves. They're going to kill themselves if you increase transparency of what you're teaching kids in the classroom. Now, this is a case which is which is completely false. Look at the numbers. Right. Yes. And this is a case where a kid, in part, because as the parents are alleging, uh, the school was not transparent about it. His dad walked in in January to the bathroom and saw his kid hanging from the shower. Man, God, that's awful. Did you also see on that note? Uh. 
might have been on Fox last night, maybe Tucker show. I can't quite remember, but I heard the stat um, that the government's not being forthright with the suicide rate over the last couple of years. They're not putting the numbers out. Did you hear this? I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. Okay. I'll try to make sure that didn't come to me in a fever dream. I'm almost certain that was accurate, that they're withholding numbers. Well, they were doing with everything else. I mean, people dying. It had to be COVID. It seemed that they didn't want the numbers out there because people would be shocked by it. Well, yeah, because we know exactly what a lot of the reasons were behind these. Yes. Yeah. And they were decisions made by Anthony Fauci. Yes, and carried out. By local governments and mayors and governors. Yes. Golly. Okay. Have to look that up. Get the uh, right data. Okay. Moving on. You had a clip from uh, the president. Oh, yeah. This is going to inspire. Yeah. One of the ways that he wants to help Ukraine, by the way, is, you know, they've they've seized a lot of Russian oligarchs' yachts. Yes. Uh, Basically, the plan, at least right now, is in order to raise money for Ukrainian aid, they're going to just straight up steal the yachts, sell them, and then use those proceeds to go to Ukraine. Wow. I, I'm i not on board with that, but that, that that's just that's straight up theft. Yes, it is. And that's, to me, that would be tantamount to a declaration of war. But yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here also thinking there are a few oligarchs in Russia that have just been offed. Yeah, just gone. Not not widely reported either. Just odd. No. Yeah. All of a sudden, like if if they were either putting up a stink or there was communications where they were complaining about Putin, all of a sudden, like it often happens with Putin. Poof, they're gone. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what's interesting about Russia is that if you're in a tall building there. Be careful near windows because it's really weird. The floor is always really slippery next to high windows. Not only that, they they seem to bend like rubber. It might just bend yeah, one it, way, and you yeah, might accidentally fall out. None the of them have screens. Yeah, it's you, crazy. You try it's to nuts. walk into an elevator, yes. and you just go straight down the shaft and fall onto some bullets. Yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, it's very. They just got ammo lying around everywhere. Yeah. Crazy. You try to drink some coffee, and all of a sudden you're breaking out into hives, and you can't breathe. Yeah. It's dangerous fall in Russia. On, on some bullets. Yeah. <laughs> Just go through the elevator shaft. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so Biden is talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's trying to say the word kleptocracy, you know, where where ill gotten gains to to make a lot of money, to be wealthy, to have these yachts, right? He'd be better off just explaining it than saying the word, right? Yeah. You That's would, a tough yeah. one. But he's going to attempt it. Here he's we go. going for it. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. What was that? Uh-oh. What was that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sustrinction? Sustrinction? <laughs> Did you just say a bad word? I don't know. What did he say? Shastrinsky? <laughs> what was the word? Oh I'm serious. God. You're killing me. No, I, did, you heard it right. <laughs> what was that word? <laughs> it's like word search with him. <laughs> it ends up somewhere. <laughs> oh. 
Why don't you, 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 you run that through the Joe's head? <laughs> yeah, please do, here. David. Let's just try to attempt this again here. Okay. Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. <laughs> That's my first. That's a good one. <laughs> when he's like, yeah. So he's given up. But then somehow, deep within, he's going to fight it again. He's going to go for it. And I like the way, I mean, this is a good tactic. If you can't get it out, just laugh it off, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kleptocracy. The, klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> okay, laugh that off. But now he's off his game even more, mm-hmm. and this is where he tries, to, and I don't know what he says here. But these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Some, some, something, let's just, let's just strengths. Let's, this, let's, this legislative package strengthens law enforcement. That's what he said? Yeah. Holy cow, how did you get that out of know, that car? man, you ought to go on Wheel of Fortune. Are you, are, no kidding. Play it again. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Yeah, this, this legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Wow. That's a gift, bro. Well done. That's, that is a gift. Did you read that off a script, or did you really make that out? No, I honestly, I, when, I, when I first got the audio, I had no idea what he said, and now I'm listening to it in the headphones, and yeah, that, that's what he's saying. Whoa. All right. Yes. Hey, have have all the messages come in yet? How dare we make fun of a man with a stutter? Oh, I'll get a couple, I'm sure. That's not a stutter. You've sunk to a new law. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capability. That is not a stutter. No. No. He clearly said whatever that word was. <laughs> he said it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know the thing. Gosh dang it. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, there's more on Russia, Ukraine, what Putin is talking about that would be lightning fast. Next. Yeah. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, you probably saw this story. New York Post had it. A lot of different outlets. Putin, saber-rattling, vowing a lightning-fast retaliation against other nations in the Ukraine war. That's the headline. Mm -hmm. No, it's a veiled nuclear threat. So when you hear that story, see the headline, see it covered. Do you get concerned? Like, wow, this is for real. Or we've heard this so many times. Now, I'm not saying to not be concerned. That's not the point. It's that when the threat comes over and over and over again with every threat, you take it a little less serious. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it, we should all accept the possibility that he may be at the end of his rope and crazy enough to do it. I agree. Especially if he's a dead man walking, which is the word that he has a serious illness. Um the other thing is, though, I think if he were to deploy, I think he'll only get one shot with nuclear weapons. And that's not like a great case scenario. But what I mean by that is, I think if he launches anything into Ukraine, people around him will turn on him very quickly. Maybe not the closest sycophants that he has, but mm-hmm. I think I think his rich and powerful gangster buddies it's it'll it'll be time to ride on 
on Putin if he were to do that. What do you think, Scott? I th- I think it's a lot of bluster. Mm-hmm. You know, but sometimes, man, and this is the thing I worry most about. Okay. Sometimes you back the crazy guy into the corner so far that the only way he feels like he can restore his manliness or swagger or machismo is to do something crazy. And if he is, in fact, in a bad way physically, mm-hmm. and he does want to be go down in the history book somehow, this may be his Hail Mary. That's... I mean, that's what I wonder. And then these you don't things know always about bug the health me. issues. Did no, you guys you see don't. the different reports where he's puffier than usual? Yes. Yeah. Well, and uh, gripping the table. And I yeah, mean, just, there was that video of him yeah. holding on for dear life to the table during the an table. entire meeting. And he was sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird. Like, does anyone else do that? Yeah. Is something we're overlooking or is that a real concern? And are we looking too much into something that's normal? I don't right. I don't know. You know, obviously keeping an eye on that. Um, what did you think of Helen Mirren? Being on the cover of People Magazine's annual Beautiful issue. She's 76 years old. People were celebrating this. And she said, I was absolutely sort of gobstruck, as we say in England. I never considered myself beautiful. And at my age, I was amazed. Then she said, I don't like the word beauty, as it's associated with the beauty industry, makeup and products, skincare, all the rest of it, because I think it excludes the vast majority of us who are not beautiful. She likes the word swagger. Because she's confident in herself. Yeah, well, it's easy to be confident when you don't age like everybody else. So, do you think this is a nice gesture? Yeah, I don't, magazine. I don't. I don't think she's ever taken herself real seriously. I like that about her. That does kind of seem like somebody saying, "I wouldn't call myself a hero," but yeah, I kind of am. All I was thinking is, People Magazine is dying. Who buys it? Is that too cynical? No, you're accurate. Ladies, especially getting older, just saying. This is the uh, Van Camp Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, David, where do you want to start here? There's a lot to get to. Well, well we got a bad economic report card that showed yeah. that we actually, well, our economy shrank in the first quarter of this year, which, I mean, I'm I'm wondering, you know, we, we hear the forecast of a recession, and the only question is how major it will be or how significant and prolonged it will be, and I wonder if we're not already in it. It seems like it. So I'm no expert, okay? But well, I just you go listen to the, to the president. Right. And if you go to the grocery store, I mean, you do notice a checkout time. I mean, it's noticeable that we're paying more. Oh. And we're, we're buying the same amount and we're paying a lot more. You said the checkout time. I thought, what, the lines are longer? Is that what you're saying? No, no. The lines are the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the bill is. The bill is. Big. Yeah. You uh, could self-checkout. But somehow, well, I'm not going to unless there's like a 10% off for doing it myself. No one wants you to go through the self-checkout. No one. 
I know a lot of times Democrats will say no one. I'm telling you, no one. <laughs> I am confident in that. That's true. Unless it's for comedy purposes. That's no. all. All I know is that at least two employees at Walmart would start crying. Yeah. At They'd some point. Yes. Uh, but okay. Joe Biden says, hey, we've seen great growth. We've seen the opposite of that. Dude, it's it's crazy. Well, I'm I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And well, okay, you got that? He's not concerned. Not concerned. Okay. This wasn't five minutes later. This wasn't two minutes later. This was immediately after that. I mean, you're always concerned about a recession, but the GDP, right. you know, fell to 1.4%. But here's the deal. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates. Both. Why is that, David? Well, what do you mean? Why is that? Why it increased? That's good news, right? No, no, no. It's it's not. <laughs> you mean because everything costs more? Yeah. So you're not getting the same stuff for the money. No. You got to pay more, but that means the money's up. Well, that, that's what they're trying to sell it. Like, oh yeah, by the way, consumer spending went up, and it's like, well, yeah, because everything costs more. Because no it duh. had to, right? For leisure as well as hard products. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, the we are unemployment is the lowest rate since 1970. A record 4.5 million businesses were created last year. We're in a situation where the, uh, you know, we have a very different view than uh, uh-huh. Senator Scott of Republicans. Uh, yeah, they want to raise taxes on the middle class families and want to include half the small uh. business owners in that. We uh, so. I know your situation's not very good right now, okay? But trust me, it's good. It's good. You just don't know how good you have it. I think we're what you're seeing is enormous growth in the country. Mm-hmm. I, I like that as part of this rambling, meandering, nonsensical statement. The one person he decided to target was a black senator. Can you imagine if Trump did that? Yeah, blame it on the black guy. That's that's oh, Joe Biden's buddy. go-to because he's a racist. Always has been. Always will be. Yeah. Don't take my word for it. Kamala Harris said it. Oh, that's right. That's why Jill Biden still hates Kamala. One of the reasons. Yeah, it's one of the only times Kamala Harris actually told the truth. I mean, you just say that, honestly, David. You know, I don't want to call you out here on the show. You say that flippantly. Like, he, Joe Biden's a racist. I don't know if you have anything to back that up. Or... We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. Oh, yeah, right. well, there was that. I mean, yeah. yeah, black parents just don't know what to do when they have kids. They have good intentions. They just don't get, they don't know how to do it. Well, we need people to help. And that was the buried lead with that corn pop story that came out. Where he talks about, you know, this gangster corn pop who was causing problems at a pool that he was working at. Yes. And he his story about racial unity is hinged on a resolution in which he threatens a black man with a length of chain. That's right. And then everything was good because corn pop knew who was boss. Mm-hmm. It was Massa Biden with his whip out of chain. There was respect after that. And don't forget. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I don't know where you get that guy as racist. It's just crazy to me. Okay? All right. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Your words. 
That's the key. See, words. Just hear words. Even if it's rap with the F- words, okay? I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. You get that? This guy's black. He's articulate. He's well-spoken. He's clean. <laughs> yes. Showers. It's extraordinary. He's very clean. Holy mackerel. Yeah. You see it? Up until wow. Bar- up until Barack Obama entered the fray, Joe Biden thought every black politician or anybody involved in politics who was black was just dirty. Uh, Thomas Sowell, did he shower? I, if he did, I, I didn't know it. God. Where would you ever get that guy's racist? <laughs> Clarence no Thomas uh, noted Jeez. person who is, you know, not very good at, at speech. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, I suppose we should move on. You know, if you were to have told someone Yes when that when when he said things like that in the past. Yes. I mean if you would have said to someone, you know, someday that guy's gonna be president of the United States, no one would have believed you. Oh no. No one. No. He never had a shot. No. That guy is gonna be no. No. Yeah. I mean it, this all this stuff it went on for a long time. He it was the the gaff monster. Everybody knew it. There's no way he could go out there and run. Everybody knew that. But it was just this particular situation. The Democrats freaked out. We can't have Bernie Sanders. There's no one else that can win. Everybody's terrible. But we could get through with the old guy. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Whoever got racist, shame on you. Anyway, (laughs) Democrats should stop making it seem like there's a border crisis, says who, David? Uh, Far left representative uh, Pramila Jayapal says Democrats should be celebrating the flood of people showing up at our southern border. And that, by the way, is about to get a lot worse when Biden lifts Title 42 next month. Uh, But Jayapal says that Democrats should own this instead of running away from it. (sighs) Okay, roll it. Let's hear this. Um, I, I do. I, I think it's important that the Biden administration has moved on this, but I wish they were standing up for it and really defending it through the logic of what we are doing. And I think every Democrat who criticized the previous administration, but is now saying, oh, you know, there's a problem here and going to the border and making it seem like there's a problem here has to lean into the fact that we are a country that has prided ourselves, uh, ourselves on allowing immigrants to come from all over the world. I am a product. Okay, we still do. You just have to do it legally. There are laws. I know you people are against laws. You, your entire party. Ah, law. Break the law. Let them out. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on. Of that, and I think we need to make sure that we continue to focus on the need to reform the system and not penalize asylum seekers who are trying to legitimately (laughs) seek entry into this country. Asylum seekers. Have you been down there? No. What is the percentage, if you had to guess? I know it's oh, just a well, guessing game. Uh, true asylum seekers you coming mean like through the southern border. Huddled masses who are yes. escaping persecution and yes. whatnot. Uh, In like, their brand new Puma shirt and Nike yeah, shoes. Yeah, like, like 2%. Okay. Because it's a whole lot of able-bodied dudes showing up. 
that's what you see more times than not. And somebody's there to give them a bunch of new clothes. You know, the picture you had of like a refugee coming into the country, just the picture, it's nothing like what you're seeing. Not even close. There was another piece of audio that you had, David, um, from earlier today. What was the audio? Oh, it was a judicial nominee from What's the Joe story Biden. With this? So Nusrat Jahan Choudhury is, yes. is up, and she's a nominee <laughs> of Joe Biden's. Yeah. Uh, now, she is yet another one of these leftist activists, and, and Joe Biden very much wants her to be part of the judici- uh, judiciary. Of course. Now, Senator Kennedy of Louisiana at, brought up something that she had said at Princeton, which is that, quote, uh, unarmed black men are killed every day in this country by cops. That, it's a complete lie, but he wanted to know, do you stand by that? Every day, not every, every single day. It's not even every week, every other week. That's a freaking lie. Do you believe that cops kill unarmed black men in America every single day? You said it at Princeton. Senator, I said it in my role as an advocate. Oh, okay. You didn't mean it. Senator, I said it in my role as an advocate to make a rhetorical point. So, so when you say something that's, that's incorrect, it's okay to excuse it by saying, oh, I was being an advocate? What do you believe? Do you personally believe that cops kill unarmed black men every single day in America? Senator, I believe law enforcement have an important and challenging job in this country. That's not what you said, though, Counselor. Sen- By the way, dude, you got caught in a lie, and you're going to give attitude? Really? Yeah. Give me a break. Senator, I say before you here today that I do believe law enforcement have a difficult and challenging job, and I also understand the difference I just between... think that's an extraordinary statement to make with no data to back up. Do any of these people own anything ever? No. no. And, you know, she says, I said that to make a rhetorical point. The problem is that uh, echoing that disinformation is taken very seriously <laughs> by people who go out... And decide they're going to burn down buildings, mm-hmm. hurt people, yes, or say something as crazy as defund the police, like that. That rhetoric uh, for for four years we had these these pants sweaters in the media and elsewhere saying like, oh well, Donald Trump says something and words matter, and we need to make sure we're holding him accountable. Ah, yeah, you don't get you don't you don't get a pass for this. No, you're at Princeton, right? Yeah. These are the people we're supposed to trust. This is why people pay thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to go there to listen to what you have to say, and they trust you. And then you say that BS, and then you get all offended that you're even asked about it? Go fro, man. Well, own get it. out of Just here. own it. Just say, yeah, I said that. Yes. My gosh, dude. It's so frustrating. It's like I need some sort of comedy relief. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That helps. Thank you, Joe. Let's say the fact is strengthened our law enforcement capabilities. We'll figure that out too. (laughs) And Joe also said, "School children are our children." What does that mean? Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. 
Joe Biden was talking about schools and teachers and yeah. school children yesterday, David. I think it's very comforting to know that Democrats have not learned their lesson from Virginia about parents' rights. Because he's, he's stuck on this, man. It's it, They're not your kids when they walk into a public school. That's what he thinks. Listen to this. Look, these aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. Our. And they are the kite strings that literally lift our national ambitions aloft in a literal sense. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh-oh. Mount St. Robbins, Mayor. Well, that's just flat wrong. They're not your children. They're they're our children. Like my kids are my kids. Yes. And when they're in the school, you're teaching my kids. Yes. They're not your kids all of a sudden for you to no, teach. No, they're not. No, they're not. And, you know, you're the, your job is to make sure that they understand how to function in a society and be successful. By, by that, I mean... Well, I don't math, know that I even want that. Mathematics, science. Yes. History. You know, the things that you need, the building blocks you need to be successful. Start Academics. There. Not yes. beyond that. No, no, acad- right, academics. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't indicating to go beyond that. No, they don't need to know who you voted for. They don't need to know why you vote the way you do. They don't need to know who you're having sex with. They, they don't need to know any of these things. No, no. This is your job. We've talked about many times, and we've heard of different schools, and this is great. Starting to teach personal finance. That's great. Yeah, I think we've all no, agreed. That's fantastic. Different- yeah talking about different times of actually starting a life school. Right. So a kid is 18, they have an understanding of how to make it in the real world because they waste so much time learning things they're not going to use or some BS that's part of an agenda. And this crap that's being pushed, you know, critical race theory, the whole trans agenda, mm-hmm. not necessary. Don't want it. My gosh, Absolutely it's indoctrination. It. That's right. And you're right, David. That's astounding. Yeah. It is. I haven't learned a lesson. Just all in with that. Wow. Okay. Seems like there's been enough frustrating stories. I want to lighten this a little. Okay. There's another survey out talking about futuristic things. And the question is, do you think this will eventually catch on or is it going to fizzle out? And that was the poll. Okay. All right. As an example... Lab-grown meat. No. Catch on, fizzle out. Fizzle out. Oh, Who no, it's going to catch on. Oh. And it's 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 definitely going to catch on because we won't have a choice. 51% said yes. How about gene editing technology? Yeah, that, that's going to catch on. Robbins looks scared to death. I am scared to death. <laughs> this, you know, we're... Eating plant steaks and everybody's got blue eyes. Whoa. 62% said, yeah. What about just the self-driving car? Is it going to be the norm? No. People like to drive. 66% said, yeah. Okay. How about artificial organ transplants? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, they will. I do think that That's will. 68%. Yeah. Artificial intelligence being a big part of your everyday life. Already is. 
Yeah, 69%. Mm-hmm. How about virtual reality? Yeah. Uh-oh. It's frightening, man. It's Eventually, very frightening. It'll just be called reality. There's going to be like six people left on Earth. 70% said, yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Whew. Oh, and 3D printing. That's already here, though, right? Yeah, I mean, they're 3D printing houses. They're just printing products at home. 82% say they think it will happen. Um, how about brain implants that work alongside computers? Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> okay, see? You know, 50% said yes. Sometimes I don't want to be the oldest guy on this show, but I hear things like that. I'm thinking, I do want to be the oldest guy on this show because well, I want to be long gone when this stuff starts happening. What, what, do, you, what do you think that COVID shot was, Scott? <laughs> okay, for everybody out there, that was a joke. No, okay, yeah. wine or whatever. People will die. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. The trifecta and a news update next. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to the trifecta, news update, David Van Camp. Well, you know, Joe Biden is wanting $33 billion for the $33 billion to go to Ukraine. One of the ways he wants to finance it, by the way, is uh, or what's been talked about is uh, stealing oligarchs, uh, Russian oligarchs yachts and using that money to fund the war effort in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Like Which, selling them? Yeah, sell them like at auction. Like putting them on eBay or something? Yeah, you sell them at auction, and then you boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. Here's the cash. Uh, yeah. And he was talking about that a little bit this morning at a press conference. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. What? Kleptocracy. and klept- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> yeah, a little hard time there. But these are bad guys. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Okay, we heard that earlier. And did you make it out this time, Scott? No, it's not. How does it shake it out of it? I don't know what it means. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities. Man, how many years of college did you take of Bidenese? Uh, I went all the way uh, four years. Extremely fluent in it. It's did you get it? I didn't hear it. No, heck no. Good job, yeah. David. Well... I've told you before, one of my favorite Biden clips of all time is when he just gave up. He couldn't get through a sense. He's like, hey, whatever. And I thought we had another one when he's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he just he threw in the towel. But no, it was well, a valiant effort to get after it yeah. again. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. You know, <laughs> you know the thing. There's nothing wrong that, with him. That that just reminds me of, like, I don't know, there's a guy, like a Major League Baseball player, he's at the plate, 
and yeah. he's looking for the high heat, but it's a slider that just barely clips the, the zone. Yeah. And he doesn't get mad about it. He just realizes, okay, yeah, that was a good pitch. Tip the cap. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. anyway. Tip, tip the cap. Go back to the bench. All right. Like a guy standing at home plate on top of it with the bat above his head. Golly. <laughs> oh, goodness. And did you have an update on CNN Plus? Yeah, CNN Plus, that's the streaming network that was put out. Because for some reason, somebody at CNN thought that a whole lot of people who aren't watching their television network would want to pay to have content from that same network. I don't know what idiot thought that that would work, but they shut it down. Well, they had Jake Tapper's book club. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they yeah. Did. Huge. <laughs> um, so less than a month after it launched, they announced that it was going to close. And the, the last day was supposed to be the 30th. Apparently today is the last day. They're, they didn't even today. make it. They didn't even make it. I paid till the end of the month. So sad. You know, the, CN, the CNN Plus shirts are, are collector's items now. They are. Do they go up or down in value if they're signed well, by a CNN would, personality? Well, it doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. Well, that would be like an Atlanta Falcons World Champion shirt, right? Yeah. From a few years ago. See a bunch of third world kids wearing CNN Plus shirts when they. So does the, with something that's a failure like that? It's, yeah. Sometimes if they don't make it anymore, the value goes up. But if if it was never worth anything, no, that's true. Isn't that like one of those? Because this is just a colossal failure. Colossal failure. So I don't. I can't imagine that that T-shirt goes up. No, th- this would be like the T-shirt uh, that one of my bands was selling. You know, that now, band. See that that might come back around. You never know. What was the name uh, of that band well, with Fist in the title? I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a huge market for the musical stylings of Wizard Fist. Wizard Fist, right? <laughs> think about that one for a second. Look at Uriah Heep album. Ah, you ready for your big yes. three? Yes. Let's roll. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. It's Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. We do it every day at this time. Scott always helped by his friend, his mentor. Hi, it's me, Casey. That's right. Radio plays them, record stores sell them, billboard ranks them, and Scott counts them down. <laughs> yes. Top three of the day. Yes, yes. I do. Scott. Yes, I I'm do. ready. Oh, good. Uh, three. All right, you have Biden's COVID strategy. Uh, well, the strategy to lower his COVID risk at the White House Correspondents' Dinner this weekend. Yeah, you know, Anthony Fauci's not even going because the risk yeah. is too too great for garden gnomes. Uh, so he's staying out. But the correspondence dinner is going to take place, though. And Joe the Biden. The risk is too great. The guy's vaxxed as many times as you can be vaxxed. It keeps you out of the hospital. Yeah, it keeps you from apparently. dying. But you got to realize he's a little guy. Mm-hmm. So all that, all the, all the sputum and whatnot from people's mouths and noses just fall right on him. Oh, got it. Right. Okay, that makes sense. They hover around the floor. And just, right. All those spores I mean, are everywhere at his yeah, height. Right. The guy's like three feet tall. Yes. We just saw that picture recently with Casey Hunt from who is now on CNN. Yeah, a lot of people. Towering like, wow. over him. Yes. 
So yes. what, what's what's Biden going to do? Well, he's going to go, but yeah. uh, he will skip the eating portion of the correspondence dinner out of concern for COVID. Because apparently he, he may wear a mask, too, when he's not, of course, delivering remarks. But he's going to arrive just for the speaking program. Yeah. During uh, uh, which there'll be the award scholarships. It'll recognize journalists covering the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Trevor knows the host, and he made a decision. By golly, he wants to go. But he wants to be safe about it. Oh, of course. So he will not be joining them for the uh, rubber chicken they'll be eating that night because it's not safe, apparently, to be there when people are eating, but it is when they're done eating. Got, Got it? And since he's a great speaker, he didn't want to have him disappointed. By and this is the United States of America, for God's sake. Right. And at a rare bipartisan moment, COVID has said, we will leave. We will leave after dinner. It's agreed. Both both sides have agreed. And they've got an agreement with COVID now. This is the most, this is the dumbest. Either go or don't go, man. So there's your answer. <laughs> Gosh, dang. Now, on with the countdown. Two. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli has an opinion on student loan debt forgiveness. Oh, yes, man. she does. Really, you're bringing... Is this going to make us sad? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but they're, th- they're seriously giving this consideration, this forgiving of student loan I debt. Know. I mean, some some of them have said it's got to be $50,000 or more. Come on. Uh, others are saying it doesn't have to be that much. Oh, you you um, know what's going to happen. What's that, David? No, it's they're going to repay probably up to $50,000 in debt. And they're going to wait until September 1st to announce it because the current moratorium or the pause on repayments ends August 31st. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's right before the midterm elections, and they think that's a winning strategy, all right? We're going to... We're, we want they want that fresh in people's minds before they go to the polls in November. And really, they're probably underestimating how many people are going to be very angry over this. Is my guess? Oh, completely. They do not uh, know how to read the room. No, Cassie Dillon tweeted out, "I just worked my butt off to pay off my very expensive student loans a few months ago. If Biden forgives student loans, I'm going to be livid." <laughs> Valerie Bertinelli is not going to take that sort of behavior. What she, she say? tweeted back. Tell me you're selfish without telling me you're selfish. Okay. See, somehow there's still a connection there with Eddie Van Halen. I know. And I just don't want any bad vibes, man. You're free to pay off all the student debts you want to pay off, Valerie. Knock yourself out. Start writing checks. Nobody's stopping you. After all, what would Eddie have done without for that great college education? Yeah, he may, he may, may have made even more of himself. You imagine if he would have went to music class, it would have stunted his growth. Thank goodness he never went. Well, apparently now we've redefined the word selfish to mean uh, people don't need to fulfill their contracts they agree to, and it's selfish for us to think they should. You know what would be interesting? If you actually had people vote on the different student loans that should be forgiven at all. <laughs> See? You just list them. Okay, they got like a degree this. in, and then you just state yes. it. This yes. is what their major was, and you get to vote on whether or not you should get paid back. And if it's, what was it, David? Uh, oh, Ukrainian lesbian basket weaving theory. Yes. Then I'm guessing people are going to say, no, I'm not paying for that. Absolutely not. 
All right. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Man, we're already there. And finally, yes. one. Uh, Joe Rogan is laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, despite the uh, backlash from Rogan, Spotify saw its paid memberships increase, and the platform now has 182 million premium subscribers. That's 2 million higher than the previous quarter and 15% higher year over year. Total revenue up 24% for them as well. Well, so all the people that were going to cancel because of Joe Rogan never going back to Spotify again. It appears that was an un, uh, undesirable strategy. Well, there were people really wondering if he was going to make it through. They came for him hard. Oh, they did. It was like the old recordings of him saying mm-hmm. the N-word, and then yeah. you had the fighter come out and said, he's my N-word, leave him be. It was back and forth all you know, all through the month, it seemed like. There were a couple of great moments with Rogan. One was when he had CNN's doctor on, and he was asking him, why did you guys lie about me? Mm-hmm. Because he made a great point. You know, before we even get to that, about misinformation. Eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said... I don't think cloth masks work. You would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now, that's on the cover of Newsweek. So he told the truth (laughs) and was curious and asked questions much more than the people that are supposed to inform us. And so when CNN lied about him taking horse dewormer and he had, is it Sanjay Gupta? Yeah, Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, mother. (laughs) This is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network? Yes. And you know that they know they're lying. You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. Yep. This is ivermectin. You got to sit right here. Somebody gave it to me. All right, hang on. I, I, do you, the, the thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that to, that's a problem that your news network not, lies? This is really great. It's been a while since I heard it. Well, I don't. I don't. Think, Dude, what did they say? They lied what did they and said say? I was taking horse dewormer. Can I just come back to the one I want to talk about? I, two, no, no, two, no, no, two no, things no. on the ledger. To, you have before we get to that. Does it bother you <laughs> that the news network you work for? Out and out lied. Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask. I didn't think that was your, did, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before but they did it with such glee. No, yes, Joe. I watched. See, that was fantastic. Hold the feet to the fire. And there you have it. Yes. Well, the cancel culture loses again. Yes. Yes. All right. Trifecta Scott Robbins. Nice. Got Nimrod's in the news to get to. It's really been an honor for me. And a news update coming up. Yeah. Thank you. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Sometimes what we like to do with like a news update, 
is a piece of audio that maybe one or two of the other guys hasn't heard just to get reaction because it's fun. Uh, Sleepy Eye Chuck Dot. He's got this podcast he was uh, promoting, a little clip from the podcast. He's talking with a couple of hacks. Um, One being Eugene Scott, who is the Washington Post national political reporter. And what they're talking about is people in the Republican Party that have decided, no, I'm not going to be a part of a January 6th investigation. Stupid. And they, they can't believe that they wouldn't participate, and they think it's because the voters don't care about it. You believe that? <laughs> so listen to where this goes. Roll it. The irony, Eugene, here is I don't, I don't know if this matters in the campaign trail. Oh, absolutely. At, at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Grothman from Wisconsin told the Washington Post, nobody cares about January 6th except for the press. She literally said that. And so as long as... That's true. That is true. It's absolutely yes. true. Mm-hmm. You got one thing right. Okay, good job. Voters are not going to hold uh, these lawmakers accountable for this. They don't have anything to worry about. What the right has done with Nancy Pelosi, the left has not done with Kevin McCarthy, have they? Oh, I think that please. right now... The what? Republic- okay, what? here we go. Oh, my God. Goodness, really? Yeah. Okay. That, that I, I don't even want to dignify that with a response. You know, the thing is, you thought maybe, hey, man, with everything that's been happening, people have woken up to the truth, right? Chuck, you're going to have to change your ways. CNNs have to learn the lesson the hard way. They, they're doubling down on everything, man. I think that right now, Republicans are really trying to express that their voters care about inflation, the border, things like that. I mean, focusing on January 6th is simply not something that they care about. We have even more on the future of the Republican Party and how all signs are pointing to their inability to govern on the the next episode of the Chuck Podcast. (laughs) On the next episode of the Chuck Podcast? It's unbelievable. Gee, people care about the border and inflation. And <laughs> Those little things. Gosh dang it, they're not so concerned about the insurrection. <laughs> when the going gets tough. <laughs> Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb oh, get It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Nimrods in the News. Um, <laughs> for our friends in Lincoln, Nebraska, you may know the story. It is Take Your Child to Work Day. Uh, This 30-year-old woman in Lincoln facing charges after she vandalized a business the other night and brought her two young kids along to help. That's Emily Anderson. Um, She knocked over shelves, flipped equipment, tossed toolboxes around, ripped open bags. One of her kids was inside with her. The other one, I guess, stayed in the car. Um, It's this brick and tile store. Just trashed it. And they're still figuring out why. Why did she do it? Um, at one point, she found some spray paint, wrote her own last name on the outside of the building. <laughs> Not the smartest. No. Easy to find, and that's Nimrods in the news.